0: Influential leaders, movers and shakers, welcome to a new episode of The Influential Executive. You know that nothing is impossible once you set your mind to it and surround yourself with the right people. And today we are introducing to you entrepreneur, business coach and international speaker Jason Evers.
1: We know that as a growth minded entrepreneur, you're always looking to get more clients and provide more value to your existing clients. That's what Jason has become an expert at. Jason's a natural born entrepreneur who started as a child selling lemonade and cutting grass. Now, many years later, he successfully sold his company. And as a business coach, he's using everything that he's learned to coach tons of entrepreneurs to grow their businesses. Today's interview will be big for you when you value empathy, human connection and creativity. Every business is essentially a people business, which means that your business success depends on your ability to connect with people. Whether they are prospects, clients, partners or employees, your ability to win them over and contribute to your vision for the beautiful new world that you're creating. Jason gives you many practical tips on how to connect better with prospects and clients through copywriting and personal conversations. He opened up during this interview and he shares not only the ups, but also the downs of his personal history in business.
0: This interview is especially appealing to us because our coaching and consulting organization Earn More, Work Less is all about human connection. Not only do we enable our talented team members to earn more and work less than in their previous corporate careers, we also show our clients how to build high-performance teams through putting smart management structure in places. We spend more than a decade studying and applying topics like psychology, time management, business, communication, physics and leadership. And we apply everything we've learned to establish high performance organizations. For example, in our flagship course, how to work stress-free, we introduce your team members to applying the power of self-improvement in their own unique professional situation so that they get more done have better relationships, and feel more fulfilled about what they do.
1: So welcome Hmm. to the number one podcast for growth-minded entrepreneurs, for all leaders who have an open mind and want to learn from the best. We recommend you to take notes to make sure that you apply all the valuable lessons in this episode in your own unique situation. So get ready for coach Jason, prepare for engaging stories, and powerful lessons learned from one of the most sympathetic business coaches that we know. Jason, welcome to our podcast.
2: Yeah, great. It's it's good to be here. It's good to be here.
1: We really wanted to interview you because there are several components of influence that we recognize in you that makes you stand out from all the other coaches that we've been talking to, that we've been working with. And they're about storytelling and copywriting. That's really the first things I think of when I think about you, Coach Jason. First, before we get into that, Jason, can you share a bit about your background? What is your entrepreneurial story and what has brought you to the point where you are right now?
2: Well, yeah, well, well. One, thanks for the introduction. It's great to be on your podcast. I'm excited to. Uh, I love the opportunity to be international in one yeah. podcast. So I know you guys are on the other side of the pond. I'm over here in the United States, and and uh, it's good to to connect with you. So, you know, for me, it, you know, being an entrepreneur started when I was when I was super young. I mean, from the moment I was old enough to ask for something, my mom and dad weren't willing to pay for it. Uh, That's when I decided that I needed to be an entrepreneur because I had to go out there and generate income for myself if I wanted. And I I think the first time I can really remember this was a pair of tennis shoes. I wanted these Converse All-Stars, which were these cool shoes that all the kids at school had. And my father was like, hey, I'm willing to pay this much for a pair of shoes. If you want those, I think you guys call them trainers. We call them sneakers. So if you want those pair of trainers, you're going to have to go out there and, and pay the difference. So it just started like, you know, hey, can I wash a car? I remember asking my mom, can I do some extra chores? Can I get an allowance? And uh, then I I grabbed my dad's lawnmower and I started knocking on doors around my neighborhood and asking people if they wanted me to cut their grass. You know, finally had convinced someone that this young man that was willing to work for $10 to cut their grass. And they said yes. And and I I think I've been addicted to being an entrepreneur ever since. I'd love the idea of going out there and generating income on my own. And that uh, being rewarded for my hard work and also the the win was I got to buy the stuff that I wanted to buy and uh, I held it in my own hand myself so that's kind of where it started I've been an entrepreneur you know my whole life and and society has kind of dictated my my path I had enough teachers in school and my parents and everyone else told me hey Jason you know what? maybe you should own your own company because you don't listen to anyone very well you don't follow directions very well so I think as an entrepreneur whether (laughs) Whether they're the right directions or the wrong directions, I, you know, I choose my own path, I blaze my own path, and I guess you die by the sword, you know, but it's, at the end of the day, it's, I get to make my own decisions, and that was, the, that was a big deal to me, because I didn't like listening to other people tell me what to do.
1: Brilliant. I always love listening to your stories, and I understood that 2018 is a special year for you as well, with some changes in your career path. Can you tell us about what you're working on right now, and why you made a change?
2: Well, yeah, in, in 2018, there were two really big deals in my life. Uh, the first one was that I sold a company that, that, I, that I started from scratch when I was 23 years old, uh, and I sold it after 25 years in business. So January 1, I, I sold that company, and it was very exciting. Uh, so that was one milestone. The other milestone that I'm even prouder of is the fact that my wife and I celebrated 20 years of marriage. So it was like yeah. a, a pretty big deal. <laughs> you know, yeah.
0: Congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah.
2: Thank you very much. I appreciate it.
0: Jason, thank you so much for, for sharing those two big, uh, two big insights from this year. And what I'm particularly interested in is the real start of you being a real entrepreneur because you had quite big success in a special industry that most of our listeners are probably not uh not really familiar with so can you share with us what did you do what was your company about
2: yeah i'd, I'd be happy to it's you know it's funny when I i travel the world and you know, I'm lucky enough to call myself an international speaker and I've traveled the world and I share my message with a lot of people. And, and I always start off by saying, you know, Hey, once I let you know what I've done for the last 25 years, you're going to be so jealous. You're going to wish you started the idea first. And, you know, I get them all hyped up and then I tell them, you know, Hey, you know for the last 25 years, I've been a professional window cleaner. And, uh, (laughs) and it usually, and it usually gets a chuckle just like you guys laugh. And, and, uh, you know, I, I can't say that as a kid, you know, when in school, when they asked you, what do you want to be when you grow up? I remember writing down a lawyer. I remember writing a fireman, a policeman, but I never wrote down, I want to be a window cleaner. It it wasn't, it wasn't on my list. And, uh, it's funny because, you know, you asked me, you know, when I started and I was 23 years old, uh, didn't have any money, you know, you know, typical story of an entrepreneur, you know, you're broke, you're wondering, how do I, how do I make ends meet? How do I make any money? And the one thing that wasn't expensive about starting a window cleaning business was all I needed was a bucket, some soap and water and a squeegee. And I had no idea how to clean windows. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to go out there and, and see if I can generate a little bit of extra money. And, uh, you know, I, it, it turned out I started getting a few calls. I started getting more jobs and, and, uh, it just, it, it kind of snowballed into me having that career for 25 years and building that company up. And I, I had built some other companies up along the way. And, and was able to focus on some other things in my life, but but that was it. You know, it's it, it's not sexy, it's not glamorous. But at the end of the day, it, it uh, helped me, you know, build some financial freedom, uh, get me to travel, have some nice vacations, and, and raise a nice family, and, and and do the things that a lot of these listeners um, that are thinking about becoming an entrepreneur might help them. You know, I I think so many times people think that they need to have everything set up, everything needs to be perfect perfect and it has to be glamorous and at, at the end of the day, it doesn't, you know, those, those things, you know, squeegee a bucket and some soap and a water can, can lead to a lot if you just let it.
0: Uh, awesome. And, you know, you are very modest because I know that it was not just a small cleaning company. You grew very big and you were very known. So can you tell us a little bit, how did you manage to become the most favorite window cleaning company? Of them all in in your region what made you special
2: well if you talk to my competitors I don't know if they'd all call me the most favorite window cleaning company in the area <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will tell you that uh, what it, it came from it came from hard work uh, obviously but uh, you know I was I was really good at marketing and branding I love the idea of marketing my company I love the idea of advertising um, you know I was all about Uh, it's funny when I first started my business and I think you know a lot of the entrepreneurs listening to this will kind of get a kick out of it you'll get a chuckle because what I thought was important to the customer was not important to the customer I thought you know doing a good job uh, making sure that the windows were cleaned perfectly making sure that I had the all the proper insurance and I made sure that my guy showed up on time and all of these things were so important to them and I was focused on those and all my marketing, my advertising, Hey, we show up on time. We do this, we do that. And we're licensed. We're insured. And I realized that that's the expectation that's expected of you. I wasn't doing anything different. I wasn't unique in any way. So it was like a light bulb moment when I started talking to some of my, my customers and believe it or not, you know this this big move for me that really led me to creating great relationships with my I don't want to call them customers but I call them clients because a client is somebody that buys from you over and over again and my clients did just that every year they had me out over and over for you know some of them for the whole 25 years of my business which is amazing. Um, but what I focused on was creating a relationship, creating you know creating an emotional connection with my clients and funny enough, it happened when one day you know, a a nice, one of my clients, you know, this nice older lady, you know, my clients were a little bit older. They lived in these multimillion dollar homes, had this little dog and she came to the door and she was so worried about this dog. And she's like, this is my little puppy. This is snickerdoodle or whatever the dog's name was. And she's grabbing him, holding her. And, and I was just, I was like, wow, this lady really loves this dog. And, uh, and she kept calling you by his name. She goes, hey, make sure Snickerdoodles doesn't run out. If you open the door, make sure you shut it. You know, my baby. And I was like, oh, okay, don't worry. And I remember writing on my paperwork when I left the job. I put on there in big capital letters, dog's name is Snickerdoodle. And I put it, and I put it into my computer. The next time she calls, uh, scheduled the job, I was the one at that time. I was actually doing the work. So I went out there to do the job, and the first thing when she opens the door, I said hello to Snickerdoodles before I said hello to her. And I could just tell in a second her face just lighted up, and it was like, wow, you remember my dog's name? I'm like, how can I forget Snickerdoodle? He was running around with my towels and everything all day. And, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and funny enough, making that emotional connection – is what kept me around. Now, I still did a good job. I still showed up on time and I did all the things that were expected of me. But wasn't what, what they didn't expect was this relationship and this emotional connection and having something that when I left, you know, they, were, they weren't going to leave me because if the dog loves you, you'll always come back.
0: <laughs> That's right, and I love this story. I, I just love this story, this is so unique. And you said one thing, you knew that you're good at branding and marketing. So how one recognizes that he or she is good at marketing and branding?
2: Well I like to say that I'm good at it now. I've done a lot of things wrong. If you've ever gone to some of my trainings and if you're coached by me, I share a lot of the stuff I did wrong. So what made me good at marketing and branding or once I started to realize that I could be good at marketing and branding was that dog. Once I, once I noticed that you can create an emotional connection. So think about it. All of a sudden I'm doing advertising and marketing and all I'm talking about is the house. If you have dirty windows, we can clean it. If you have a dirty roof, we can clean it. Everything was about the house. I changed that mess with somebody in front of their home And there were, it was a lady holding some golf clubs and her dog in one arm, like she was getting ready to go golfing. And it said, um, you focus on what's important to you. We'll take care of the dirty windows. Mm -hmm. And that was an ad that I ran and it did really well because before I just showed a picture of a house talked about dirty windows, but because I made an emotional connection, I've got a picture of my customer ages, you know, their ages were between, you know, 63 and 75 year old, usually women. Uh, they love to play golf, and they love their little dogs. And I said, "Hey, focus on what's important to you, and we'll focus on what's important to us, which is cleaning your windows and little stuff like that." Um, really helped me. And then I just I love the idea of you know some people like in sales or in marketing we call it the thrill of the kill. You know the hunt. You know if you don't hunt, you don't eat. Meaning you have to go out there and find these customers or these clients. And uh, and I find it very exciting trying trying new ways all the time. Now a lot of them didn't work. Uh, but if if you I always looked at it if I spent you know ten dollars and I got thirty dollars in return or ten pounds or you know, I got thirty euros in return or whatever whatever your currency is that's what I always looked at is if I get a three to one on my marketing then it was worth it and then uh, and then it just kind of snowballed into me coaching other people and helping them create their message
0: Jason do you see any difference probably you see but what do you see as the biggest difference knowing that before you just had let's say how do you call it the golden pages where you had all the numbers listed yellow yellow pages pages. yeah where you got all the young too young well it's all the numbers listed and i know that you use that technique when you compare it now with a facebook and linkedin and instagram do you find it easier find your ideal client or on the other hand more challenging
2: um i believe in this market it's even more challenging. And uh, let me explain why, since you're too young to remember the Golden Pages, which are really the Yellow Pages here in, in the U.S. <laughs> thank, you, thank you for making me feel so old. Like the olden days, the Yellow Pages, can you believe it? It was actually a book. It was made out of paper. Can you believe that? killed trees, you know. So, <laughs> so the Yellow Pages was, what, what was great about it is that it was expensive. I remember my first Yellow Page ad, it was like a, 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 you know, it was about the size of your currency, like a dollar bill or a, you know, it was, it was very small and that's the size of it. And for a dollar bill size ad in the Yellow Pages, it cost me $480 per month. Okay. Now I was 23 years old. I was barely even bringing, I wasn't barely making a paycheck. Like I was barely paying myself. I was out there working every day, trying to find new jobs. And I said, you know what? If I'm going to run an ad in this yellow pages, I got to figure it out. And I actually ran that those first ads with a credit card. Like I didn't have any money. So I just like, you know what? I had this credit card. I'm just going to put it out there and see what happens. So it worked really well because it was one of the biggest ads. And my competitors couldn't really afford those ads or they weren't willing to invest into marketing. So the reason why I feel like it was easier is because fast forward nowadays, what's free? Facebook marketing. Marketing. So you can utilize Instagram, Facebook, social media, YouTube. You have all these opportunities to put yourself out there in front of potential clients and customers. And realistically, you can do it for very little money. I mean, Facebook's getting a little bit tougher now about how do you promote your, um, your business page. But, you know, up until just recently, you could just get in front of your clients all the time for very little money. So I believe that was you know, it's, it's more difficult back in the day because you had to invest money and for, you know, that's, that's always, you know, an easier way to, to separate yourself because the ones that don't have any money are not willing to spend it. I was, I was that person in the yellow pages and for a lot of years, oh my goodness, that was one of my best marketing tools.
0: Jason, we had obviously at several occasions that opportunity to hear speak and coach and help people with copywriting and Mm -hmm. you are very, very, very talented when it comes to making a connection with people, whether it's on the phone or in person or by email. So can you share with us some basics of an effective copywriting?
2: Yeah, well, you know, know, I've I've always followed great people. Like there's a great book by Dan Kennedy and it's called uh, No BS Marketing. No BS Marketing or any book by Dan Kennedy is great for that matter. Um, because it helps you with copywriting. So the first thing I would tell the listeners is, you know, you know, books are very inexpensive, but they give you huge value. So um, one of the earlier books that that I read was no BS marketing by Dan. Kennedy, And, and uh, the first thing that you need is, you know, you need to come up with a, a headline that grabs somebody, you know, like, uh, you know, don't get scammed uh, three things you must know to be successful in any business. Um, you know, it, the, the, the bigger the title, the more somebody's going to stop and look at it. So you always start with that bold title, that attention grabber. And then when you, uh, write, you know, the body, you have to write it as, um, in the marketing world, we call it writing one-to-one marketing, like one-to-one. So you want to write it like the, like the person is actually listening and and it's your personal message. Like I helped coach, um, some, uh, some people that were doing real estate investing. And I read this this um, letter and I think you guys were part of that training yeah. um, when I went yeah okay I thought so and when I went over it you know it was it, it didn't even sound like them and they're a family business you know they're they're emotionally connected to the people that they help and and uh, their purpose was to help people get them out of financial trouble get them out of this home that that was going into foreclosure or um, or someone had passed away and they inherited the house and they were gonna take it off their hands and help them move to it, whatever it was. I read this, You know, I read the copy, and so many times people don't write the copy as they're writing one-to-one. So you just change it. You put yourself into the shoes of who you're writing about, and you don't write it for you, you write it for them. What are they hoping to get out of it? So what are the benefits? So if I was going to be writing marketing, you know, and as a coach or a consultant, I'm looking at what does the reader want most? They probably need clarity in their life. They want to increase their profits. They want to lower expenses. They want to have more free time with their family. So before I'd ever write copy, I would write all the benefits. What are their expectations? And I do that when I speak from any stage. I'm like, what does the audience really hope to get out of this? And, and I look at the audience as if they're, if they're new in business okay, what do new entrepreneurs get if they've been in business 10 years? Okay. Where are they probably struggling with, you know? Um, and then you either write your copy based on their needs, their wants, their desires, but you do it from a point of what benefits them the most. And that's how you get people to, to, to interact with your copy and actually buy into your message.
0: Yeah. And I remember that scenario that you just named and it was, I was flabbergasted when I first read the first copy that was actually provided to them by a really big company, well-known company. And then when I heard you just rewriting it on a spot, it was so different. I just felt personally touched by what you wrote. It was, it was really so, so different. Wow. Yeah, Yeah.
1: to to me that really demonstrates the power of empathy. So empathy being the ability to step into the shoes of the other person experience the world through their eyes, feel what they feel, see what they see, and then being able to connect with that through words. That's extremely powerful we've seen. Jason, I also wanna ask you about the other side of copywriting. You just gave a lot of valuable tips on what to do. Now, what is something that you often see going wrong in the copy that you see online or that you receive in your email? What is this one thing that almost makes your hair stand up that makes you scream. No, please don't do that.
2: (laughs) Okay. So when, when you're writing, when you're writing copy and, uh, that's a great question. I love the fact that you're bringing attention to this because every one of your listeners, we are going to give them a little assignment when they get off this call, they need to open up their website and they need to look at it. And here's what I want them to do. I want to go to their about us page and, their About Us page, if they read it, is it all about them or is it all about the reader? So there's two words that you need to eliminate when you write good copy. It's the word I and the word we. So if you look at most websites, I, 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 we, 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 you know, I've, I've been doing this for 25 years. We are licensed and insured. We show up on time. We do this. We do that. I, 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 you know, um, one of my great coaches, my coach, Charlie always said when he looked at my first website and I'm guilty of this, that's why I'm so glad you, you bring your attention to it. <laughs> he, he looked at my website and he looked over my about us page and you know, I'm so proud of it and I'm like, Oh yeah, here you go. Take a look at this page. And he just looks at it and he looks over at me and he goes, yeah, you know what? you we all over yourself <laughs> and, and he says if i can give you one tip stop weeing all over yourself and i'll never forget that and i hope your listeners never forget that are you weeing weeing all over yourself are you are you using the word i i i all the time or you use change the word i to to them you know what 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 can they expect to get out of it And when you say when you say words like i've been in business for over you know 25 years you could rephrase that by saying what our what our clients love most about us is that we've been around for 25 years and we're not going anywhere you see how you just tied it into your clients and you're talking about them now they can say oh they're talking about us
0: ah yeah so can you give us an example because you know us personally you know somewhat uh, our business and you know that we're targeting fast-growing online businesses so how could we speak about me and Alexander while talking to them. Because I think for most people, this is exactly the creativity that most of us think that we don't have, but I just do believe that we do not know how to think about it yet. So could you just give, I don't know, two, three, four sentences in such a way so that our listeners understand better?
2: Well, first, what I would say is you, you need to get your clients to speak for you. So, you know, one of the best ways to do any marketing, testimonial marketing reviews, that's why they're so important. And if you can have people talk for you, that automatically takes the word I out of it. Mm-hmm. If we're going to share what you can do, like you say, hey, um, you know, we can help you be more productive in your business. Just by saying that, you're, you're you know, we know it kind of coming across as, hey, they're trying to sell me. Mm-hmm. But if you share your clients and say, hey, what I loved most about working, you know, with Lincoln and Alexander is the fact that in within one day session, they got me more productive. They got me focused on the things. They had me eliminating tasks that were holding me back from, from generating more revenue in business and in life, all those things. So now what happens is, you know, we have our clients speaking for us and one, just that alone. People will watch it, they'll listen to it, and they'll automatically adds more credibility to you. And I and I would say any listener on here, if you can have your customers become your cheerleaders, have them speaking for you, that makes it so much more powerful. So that would be the first thing i do. The other thing I would do is you need to focus on the benefits of the client. You know, if they're going to work with you, now you're going to have to use the word I and we once in a while. You can't totally take it out because you wouldn't be able to write copy. But what you want to do is you want to, you know, the, 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 here's a great exercise, a great exercise, and I got this from Frank Kern, who is an incredible copywriter, and he might have got it from somebody else. I don't know if it's his you know, IP or not, um, but it's utilizing three words, feel, felt, found, and how you would use that in copy was like, you know what? I know exactly how you feel. I felt the same way only 10 years ago. I was unproductive, I wasn't getting by my business, I was focused on the wrong things. But what we found out after those 10 years is by following these three simple steps, you can become more productive, have more time with your family and friends. You see where I'm going with that? Mm-hmm. But feel, felt, found, those are three powerful words and i will give you a little bonus here. If you use the feel, felt, found right, the other words that lead from where you're at to transformation is these three words, so you can you mm-hmm. felt found and then so you can so you can have more time with your family so you can increase your profits so you can be more productive in your day to day so you can hire that employee that you that you're looking for so you can have more income to build the business that you want so you can take the dream vacation so you can just those three words leads to transformation those are th- those were those were two of the best tips I could ever give you if you're just brand new and you just want to start writing copy, feel, felt, found. So you can.
0: And does this apply as well to Facebook posts or any social media advertisement or just posts?
2: Well, you have to be careful on Facebook because, you know, I'll ask you as somebody who's active on Facebook, do you guys do, you know, I'll, I'll speak for me first of all. I always, if I, if I see, if I see a a post and then it says read more and I start, I always hit read more because I want to see if it's going to be a book that I have to read. (laughs) Have you ever found yourself clicking on that read more button and then you see, oh my gosh, that's so much reading. I'm just going to switch, switch to the next one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Okay. So you have to be careful on a Facebook post. You want to keep it short, sweet. The whole idea is, is, um, is client or customer or people engagement. So you get them engaged in your content, then I would offer the dive deep. So that would be like, Hey, bring them in. If they're following you, they know your stuff is good. Um, You know, you guys are putting a podcast. So obviously they're going to be dedicating 30 minutes of their time to listen to this podcast. So what you would want to do is if you're going to do a post, keep it short and sweet, like, Hey, three, three great strategies that can take you from here to there. Listen to this podcast, but you want to be careful of is so many people just get too wordy. And you might catch a couple left brainers that really enjoy reading, but for the most part, <laughs> you have a lot of people on <laughs> you have a lot of people on Facebook that are just skimmers. You know, I always I always say, you know, in, in a couple of years from now, everybody that everybody that walks around is going to have one huge thumb because I don't think a thumb has ever worked so hard. But scrolling, 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 we're all going to have carpal tunnel syndrome. I think when we're older.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: What well, I found very challenging and what you described um is, is absolutely the less is more in that sense. What I find challenging is learning all strategies and being coached by so many people, um so many great people, is that when I'm writing my posts then I catch myself thinking of okay I want to deliver value. I want to show people who I am my personality what is my business about. I should be selling at the same time I should be Giving people some kind of action and all of that together then I end up with a super long copy Um, So what can I do in order to keep it short give them value give them a little bit more about my personality and still keep selling
2: yeah. So it, 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 all depends on what you're trying to achieve with that. Are we trying to build brand awareness? Are we trying to create a sale? Are we trying? So at the end of at the end of this, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to just be inspired? Do you want me to, to be educated? Do you want me to click another button? Do you want to take me to a landing page? Are you trying to sell me your coaching? So it all comes back to before I can give you an answer, I have to, I'd have to ask, you know, what is your end goal with that post, you know, and, and so many times people are always focused on the sale when you can't just focus on the sale. You know, most good marketers know this, and I know I've, I've coached you guys on it, but it's the value, value, value sale. Mm-hmm. So you have to follow that sequence. So are you building value first before you ask for the sale? Most people will never buy from you unless you've built value first. So a, a post that you're just trying to get engagement, you're trying to get followers, you're trying to offer, um, you know, credibility, you're trying to offer education, you're, tr- you're trying to offer something of value, then what you want to do is you want to guide them to what is the best way for you to sell a program or a product? Is it a free webinar? Is it coming to one of your big events? You know, is it downloading a free ebook? Is it is it a 30-minute consultation call? You know, what is the end goal? And then, um, and then how do you achieve it? So you have to You have to look at everything is why am I doing this and what is the outcome and what do I hope has um, has to happen. So it's, you know, you guys are really good at creating strategies. So what is your strategy? And then you have to follow through on it.
1: I have another question about uh, the development of your window washing company. And you described how you got started. Very simple. You just got started. And as you went, you discovered the power of marketing. So that was an important uh, turning point, I can imagine, where you get in more business and you can start building your team, you get more people working with you. I understood that there was another important turning point as well later on. So you once said that a lot changed the moment that you got a coach. what happened there? Why did you decide to start working with a business coach and how would you describe the before versus after situation?
2: Yeah, well, you know, people always ask me if you could go back in time, you know, in your business, what what would be the biggest thing that you change? What would you do differently? And the biggest thing that I would have changed was one, I would have got a coach much much sooner. Um and it came from a place of ego. You know, I think I think a lot of entrepreneurs, we, you know all of a sudden we're like, hey, we can do it ourselves. You know, I, I'm sure people that are listening to this right now are that entrepreneur that you know they're wearing every single hat. You know, they're doing the marketing, they're doing the advertising, they're doing the sales, they're out there hustling, they're doing the actual work. They're they're building whatever it is or they're selling whatever it is their product. Um, at the end of the day, they're the HR person. They're the ones that are you know we could go on and on about all the tasks that you could as an entrepreneur. Uh, be doing on a day-to-day basis. So for me, it was getting a coach earlier because I wore every single hat and I had the limiting belief and I had that mindset of, you know what, you can only, if you want it done right, you have to do it yourself. And everyone says the same thing. If you want it done right, you got to do it yourself. You know, hard work pays off, you know, all these things that we've been taught, you know, go to school, get education, get a job. These are the things that are, you know, our, our, our mind is telling us. So for me, I was like, geez, I can't hire somebody. I can't get somebody else to do this. I need to do it all myself. And what happened for me was I was just getting overwhelmed. Um, I'd never been busier. I was working all night. It was before I had children. And my wife, you know, was like, hey, are you, you know, you're going to come to dinner tonight? No, I'm going to have dinner in the office Then I'm going to, you know, Mm -hmm. I was going to put out some calls. So I was, I was doing all this busy work as an entrepreneur And I wasn't really making any money because um, I wasn't paying myself. I was trying to grow. And long story short, I met my first coach. And at that time, you know, I wasn't taking a lot of money out of my company. I was putting a lot into it. I had a lot of money that was owed to me as people not paying me. Mm -hmm. And she, she very quickly noticed that if I wanted to be successful in business, I had to start collecting money and my personality was not the kind of personality that loves collecting money or asking for people to pay me. I just assumed if I did a good job, they would just pay me. But you have to have some unfortunately you had to have somebody dedicated to following up, sending emails, all the things that I didn't feel were my best qualities, like it's not something that I like to do. I'd rather be out creating relationships, not doing the busy work. So because I was because I was avoiding this one task, it almost put me out of business. It was it was very hard and and my coach at the time uh, diagnosed that the first thing she met me was the first thing she diagnosed and all of a sudden I was like wow she changed that one thing I wonder what else she can change and you know the rest was history I've, I've pretty much had a coach in business or you know um, or, or somebody that I've that I've gone to to ask you know someone that's higher than me um, on on most of the things that I've done in business
1: another part of growing your business means as an entrepreneur you you are the ceiling of your business, right? It is your entrepreneurial mindset that defines what the boundaries of your business are. And so, as an entrepreneur, you want to keep growing personally as well. That means to step out of your comfort zone. When did you make your biggest step outside of your comfort zone, and what was the effect on your business?
2: Uh, that's that's a great question. So I. I had mentioned you know, getting a, getting a coach and, and, and checking the ego aside and saying, hey, I'm not the smartest person in the room. I don't have all the answers, and I've only gotten where I'm at, and I'm, and I'm limited to where I can go. So for me, it was one identifying that. But the biggest thing for me is getting out of my own comfort zone was relinquishing control of my, my baby. You know, This was my business that I started at 23. I was so connected to all my clients. I had great relationships. I'd worked so hard at that. And then all of a sudden it was like, how do I give this up? How do I not sit in front of my desk? How do I not do payroll? How do I not call the customers when we're running late? How do I not do all the scheduling and turn that over to somebody else that could? And um, for me, it was actually a window cleaner that was already working for me that was an hourly employee. I wasn't paying him very much. Um, and I had, a, I had a, a terrible day in business. It was, you know, I, if you've ever heard me speak, I call it my hitting the wall story mm-hmm. where I actually punched the wall. Mm-hmm. I went in my room. I, I told everybody they were fired at the time. I think I had 15 employees. I said, you're all fired. I give up. I quit. And I went in, my room, in the room of the office that I had and I slammed the door and I sat there with my, with my uh, hands, you know, covering my face. And I was, you know, just, just kneeled on the floor and I was crying. And I, and I thought that I had failed and it was my, it was my moment that I gave up and I had one employee that kept knocking on the door, insisting to come in. He, he knew I was upset. He knew that it was a bad start to a Monday and I, uh, you know, I had told him to go away and he, he insisted. So finally I let him in. And he told me, why don't you go home? Why don't you go home? Take, take a moment. I got this. Let me, you know, and, and I was like, I was, I was being very combative and I'm like, no, no, this is it. I'm tired of it. I can't deal with it anymore. And he insisted. And so I got in my car, and it's one of the first days I've ever walked away from my business and, and left it in the hands of anyone else. I mean, let alone a window cleaner. So uh so I ended up going home. My wife comforted me. I, I, I was probably home for a couple hours. And when I came back, um this gentleman, his name was Mike, and Mike was sitting there, you know, and, and the way I, I picture it, I don't know if it's exactly the way it happened, but in my mind when I replay it back, I walk into my office, and he's got his feet kicked up, and he's kind of chilling out. He's got his headset on. He's calling customers. He seemed to be so casual and so comfortable in that environment that he was doing everything. He was doing the scheduling. He called all the homeowners and told them we were going to be late. He had the crews that were there because the reason why I was upset in the first place is because people didn't show up on time. They weren't there, and I was so frustrated. He had taken care of all of that. He was using... He was using some technology that I had bought like two years ago that was sitting on my desk. He had already put it into the computer, all the things that I didn't do because I didn't know how to do. And I'm like, I'm like, Mike, how did you get so, what are you doing and how did you get so good? And I'm kind of fast tracking the story here for the sake of this podcast. But when I asked him, Mike, how did you know how to do this? And he's like, well, I have management experience. And I was like, yeah, but you're, you know, you came in here as a window cleaner. And he's like, well, maybe you didn't read my application. I told you that I was a manager. I wanted management. I had management experience. I like, you know, running operations, and I'm great at sales. And you just said you only needed a window cleaner at the time. Wow. And realistically, the window cleaner was the last thing I needed. What I needed was help. And uh, at that moment, Mike was it, and he ran my company for the next five years. And from that day when I hit the wall, I focused on sales, relationships, and meeting customers because that's what I was great at. And so um when you say get out of your comfort zone it was leading me up to letting this happen and for me i had to hit a wall i had to fire everybody to get this this epiphany of oh my gosh there's somebody that can do this better than me why am i doing this and all of a sudden business became fun again
0: jason you you are extremely lovable person. And I personally have to smile every time I see you, uh, for several reasons. Uh, but what will what be the one tip that you would give to all people out there who want to know how to make great first impression while networking?
2: You know, it's, it's going to sound weird, even especially after what you just said. But, uh, if you want to know how to make great relationships, uh, and, and what I've learned in life is, and I, and I can't even say that it's something that, that I do, you know, purposefully. It's just something that happens to me, and that's. I always have a smile on my face, and for those that know me, um, I, I'm usually always smiling. I don't let the day to day. I don't let. I don't let things bother me, and I would say, to be a great networker and to build relationships, it starts with a smile. Because if you don't have a smile on your face, to me, you're unapproachable. If you're not happy, I'm probably going to try to avoid you. <laughs> I mean, look at when you, when you go to networking environments, look at the people that have people around them that are, that are, that are having fun. They're smiling. You know, you have your group of positivity and then you have your group of the people that are negative and they're like the, I call them the Debbie Downers or, you know, they're they're the ones that, uh, they're the ones that are like, you know, Hey, can you believe this weather? It hasn't stopped raining in five days. Oh my gosh. Can you believe what, who's the president? You know, I stay away from those people. And and if you're positive and you have a smile on your face, you will attract more people that are positive to you. Be negative, talk bad about people. You know, it's funny, you know, some people focus on like like haters. Like you have to have haters in life, and you're not successful in business unless you have haters. Well, if you talk about haters and you think about haters, you're gonna attract more haters or you're gonna be more aware that they're out there. I say I say focus on the people that are positive, that are that are that are growing you that that you want to be around, that 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 engage you, and inspire you, that pick you up. So I know that was the long answer to just. I could have just said, yeah, "Have a smile on your face."
1: Let's look ahead into the future, Jason. You sold your company earlier this year. Now the future is a clean slate. So looking ahead, three years, five years, ten years. What future do you see for yourself? How does this new chapter look for you?
2: Yeah, well, you know, the, the new chapter for me is super, super exciting. You know, I've, I've, I'm building two, you know, two entities kind of side by side. I'm, I'm building up my personal brand, uh, which is, um, you know, people can connect with me at jasonrevers.com, Jason and then r-evers, uh, E-V-E-R-S.com. So I'm building up that personal brand, which is going to be more of the keynote speaking, um, me being out there uh, sharing some of the knowledge that I've learned over the last 25 years with uh, with entrepreneurs um, to help them become more successful hopefully in their business and then the other one which I'm which I'm crazy excited for and um, you know I never thought I would really partner with somebody else um, in business and I've partnered with uh, two awesome guys you know Damien Elston who has been a friend of mine for years and years and uh, my buddy Joey Falcone uh, and and we've created a business called uh, iCoaching and Consulting. And over the next few years, you know, this is going to be a global brand. We're going to go international. And right now we're, we're building that business up and having tons of success. And it's just, for me, it's, it's been exciting. We're, I'm still being able to speak. I'm building up a company and I'm a part of something. And we're really, really just building a community based on positivity based on uh growth and and helping people get to where they're at and then really just taking them but but creating lifelong relationships and also helping them become more successful so the grand scheme is let's just keep doing that build that up uh and and have this global business that um you know could potentially run without us where we're all partners in it and uh, we'll be the you know we'll be the guys kind of um you know orchestrating what happens and where it goes so that's you know, I'm, I'm thinking that's you asked me way down the road, that's way down the road. But right now it's, it's three guys hustling and making it happen. So I'm kind of you know, I'm starting from square one again. And that entrepreneurship is, is what I love. You know, it's the, it's the thrill of going out there and, and starting something new. That's how cool. Well,
1: what's so exciting about what you guys are creating is that all of you have been teaching business growth for a long time. And you've been applying it in different environments. Now you can take something entirely new build it from the ground up and apply everything that you teach. So this is immediately the proof of concept showing what actually works in practice.
0: Jason, before we close off, I have one question that is related to many, many articles and many questions going on social media, and that is, should I combine my passion with my work or should I really, is it an important element in my business? What, what do you think about it?
2: Well, I'd have to ask you, what is your passion?
0: My personal passion. My passion is talking. I love talking and coaching and I, I love, if I break it really down, I love researching. I like coming out with new ideas and then help people to implement it in their, their own personal unique situation.
2: So I'll ask you, can you utilize your passion in your everyday life as far as your business?
0: Absolutely. Well, I have many passions. I have also, I love, I'm really passionate about food. I'm really passionate about animals.
2: Well, so this, this would be my suggestion. What you want to look at is what's best for, for the person that's listening to it. What's best for the, that the end user, the client, the person listening to this podcast, if you're attracting business owners, you know, does, does your love for these other things, you know, have anything to do with them? If not, then what you want to be careful of is you want to be careful of giving people mixed messages. You know, you know, they say, you know, a confused mind never buys, so what happens when you start bringing in your other passions, you might confuse people. Yeah. Now I would say is I love the fact that you're passionate about many different things, but have that as a side note. So you can even create a Facebook group based around, you know, food, based around some of those things where you still have a voice, but give someone the choice of, you know, which which Lenka do they want to listen to today? Is it over here where they talk about you know their love of horses? Is it over here where they talk about their love of food? Is it over here where we talk about productivity and running a successful business and growing? So I would I would be careful about mixing too many messages because you don't want to confuse anybody. Um that's that would be my suggestion.
0: Absolutely. So just looking at what is really needed, how does it fit my passion and then choose one thing and the other things leave as a hobby or something that you do in your own spare time makes complete sense.
2: Yeah, I think what most entrepreneurs do is just the word you know, entrepreneur, we're kind of those people that are always looking for new ideas. It was it was funny, you know, I was riding in a car with, um, Alexander, I, you know, Alexander and I had a, had a chance to take like an hour car ride to the airport one time. And Alexander's just throwing out all these ideas and I'd love seeing this young mind and, you know, Alexander, you're a lot younger than me. So seeing your mind work and coming up with all these ideas. And I said, that's great. I love it. But what happens is a lot of times we focus on too many things where we just have to get one thing focused. And, uh, you know, Warren Buffett and Bill Gates, they asked them separately, two of the most successful people in the world, they asked them, what is the one word? If you had one word to describe why you are as successful as you are, what would it be? And they didn't ask them together, they asked them separately. And they both said the same word, they said focus. And focus, you know, is is more important than intelligence. So you can have all these ideas, you can have all these great things, but what you want to do is get laser focused. So for you, if this podcast and the productivity business is where you're, where you really want to grow, let's get laser focused on that. Let's build that as a business. And then some of those other things we can work on once we have more time, more freedom, more energy to put towards that. And, um, you know, early on in my business, I had a lot of ideas and I started little businesses and unfortunately they weren't very successful because I didn't have a business that ran without me. And all it did was make me busier and less productive. And I know that you guys, your, your main focus is productivity. I wish I had you guys back then because you would have said, hey, 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 let's focus on this. Let's get it running good. Let's get it operating as a business without you. Then we focus on two, three, four, fifth, the other ideas.
1: Jason, thank you so much. There's been a lot of value in this conversation. And if I were listening right now, And as a matter of fact, I will do this immediately after we're done recording is I'm going to write down some of these tips that you gave that we can immediately implement uh, about copywriting and some of those other rules, a confused mind doesn't buy. Hang it Mm -hmm. right in front of my nose at my desk where I work so that I see it repeatedly and I get to apply it in reality.
0: Absolutely. And uh, for me, what was really valuable is the about page. Because that's where people go. That's, that's where people go to kind of check you out. Let's, let's be honest, there are so many people doing somehow what you do. Uh, all our listeners, are, we are coaches. There are so many coaches out there. So the about page can say so much about you and about your customers that I am, I am about to rebuild my website, completed the content. So I'm excited to, to use this tip. Jason, how can people get in contact with you?
2: Yeah. So, you know, the first thing you could do is go to iCoachingConsulting.com. So that's I-E-Y-E coaching, consulting.com. And if we're in your area, check our events page, click on the button that says events and it shows all of the different areas that we're going to be coming up. We do business retreats uh, on a regular basis. We do, um, you know, a group, we got some great coaching coming up with Dr. Nito Cobain, which is going to be a four day event. So go to that. And then what, what I would love for everyone to do, if you want to, if you want to find out, you know, and I have on my website on jasonrevers.com, I have what's called the business scorecard. You can go there. You can click on it. It's absolutely free. All I'm going to ask is your email address, and I will send you my business scorecard, and, and it's going to ask you to rate yourself on a score from 1 to 10, and there's seven different areas that I believe make up a successful entrepreneur. You have to have those traits, and this is going to give you some helpful coaching between now, and wherever you're going, let's say if you don't get a coach and you just want to have, you know, it's, you know, some information about where you're at right now, and you have an idea of where you need to go, you download that uh, that that PDF, and it's going to score you one to 10, or you're going to score yourself. And you're going to find very quickly where you need to focus as Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett and Bill Gates say, what's going to give you laser focused on one, two, maybe three, don't do any more than three, I want you to focus on your weaknesses. So you can increase those get them stronger. And then I want you to repeat that every single month, I want you to start grading yourself. And, you know, in life, it's it's, you know, what what gets measured gets improved. So you're going to measure your results on a monthly basis, and. And uh, I would just hope that, um, that I can add some value. And I'm so excited to be on your podcast. I feel honored to be on it. And I'm excited just to watch you guys grow and just keep doing what you're doing.
0: Thank you so much. We will post all the links in the text below the podcast, below the recording, so that everyone can reach out. And uh, I am sure that most of the listeners will be interested in the special retreats, guys, that you're running. We can only recommend that. It has been life-changing. We, we keep coming back. And yeah, I just hope that I will see personally, most of our listeners at your retreats, because it is really life changing.
1: Every time we speak to Jason, we're having so much fun. We've been applying the things he recommended in our conversations for ourselves and our own business, and it's been great. Human connection is the key to all business success. And we experienced firsthand how jason's strategies have improved our ability to connect with people
0: we want to highlight the business scorecard that jason has designed especially for growth-minded entrepreneurs like you a business is first built in your mind then in reality and jason's business scorecard guides you in rethinking the critical parts in your business It prepares you to have better, newer, and more creative conversations with your clients and prospects. Get the business scorecard on jasonrevers.com. That's Jason, capital R, capital E, -E V-E-R-S.com.
1: We live in exciting times. Never before the world has known something like Facebook, And never before entrepreneurs have been able to leverage a platform that helps them connect with exactly the right prospects for their business. With Earn More Work Less we surround ourselves with high quality specialists in every field of business so that we can refer our fellow entrepreneurs to people who virtually guarantee a positive return on investment. And this is exactly what our friends and marketing wizards of Blackball Marketing do. With them running your Facebook campaign, you make sure that every dollar spent on Facebook advertising is well spent. They prepared a special offer especially for you as our listener, so check out the show notes and get in touch with them for a free consultation session.
0: And what was the single biggest thing that you remember from our conversation with coach Jason Evers? Please leave us a comment right now because we love to hear your feedback. And next week, we will be back with another exciting guest that delivers great value to your business directly. And as we love over here in the Netherlands for free, <laughs> make sure you don't miss any episodes, subscribe now on earnmoreworkless.com podcast to receive a notification about each new episode.
1: Thank you for listening. Now go out connect with people and
0: have
1: fun.